you just have to know your numbers very well, which I would say is one of the biggest challenges or problems with most buyers is they don't understand the numbers correctly. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. What's the real power of leverage? People think real estate is all about leveraging capital. Money is important, but what about the decisions we make? The things we do and don't do determine our success as investors. Choices and actions create success. Before we get to the bank, we make choices guided by mindset and by the things we do and don't know. If we want to succeed as investors, we need to leverage knowledge. We need to increase what we know so our actions pay bigger dividends. Join host Terry Schauer and Jean-Philippe Claude for conversations with leading experts in the real estate field. From mortgages to mindset and from macroeconomics to local market trends, grow your knowledge capital with us. Welcome to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast, where we seek advice to help us make better investing decisions. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. I'm here today with Etienne Meller, who I've actually had the pleasure of meeting a few times. Etienne is the founder and CEO of Meller Group Real Estate Brokerages, which is Royal Lepage. They now have five addresses and manage over or have uh, over 200 affiliated brokers. So Etienne, can you just tell me how did you get to be where you are? How did you get to do this? It was all planned from the get-go. <laughs> no, not at all. I never uh, even thought of, uh, of a career or of becoming a real estate broker. My grandmother, my father's mother was a, a real estate uh, agent and they used to be called agents at the time. This is a long, long time ago. Even as a child, I didn't even know. But one day I'm in my uh, early 20s and I'm in the uh, furniture uh, business. I'm selling furniture retail level. And my dad calls me and because I was, I was having conversations with him about what should I do? What's my future? You know, I kind of reached a plateau in, in that field and I needed a, a bigger challenge or something. So he says, you know, you could sell uh, airplanes, engines. I was always into the sales part and, and uh, he comes from big business experience. So he used to work for ABB Canada, which is a big multinational company. So he says, you know, you can, there's many things that you, uh, you could sell. But then he says, uh, one day he calls me, I'm at work. He says, there's two seats left at the Collège de l'Immobilier. You want to do the course with me? Because he, he was always interested in real estate because of his mother. So I said, yeah, sure. But I didn't even know what it was or I didn't know what I was getting into. Let me put it that way. So uh, that's how it all started. I was 24 years old. Nice. And so then tell me what happened after, because so now you've got your broker's license, you're 24 years old, but today Etienne is sitting at the top of, you know, a five agency empire. So how do we get from young kid with the broker's license yeah. to, to there? <laughs> well, anything I do is, uh, is all or nothing. I have this extremist kind of personality. If I'm doing anything, I need to do it uh, to the fullest. So it, it started as I was a, a broker, an agent. And soon after, I think about five, seven years in, I, I did my chartered real estate. Like I got my chartered real estate license to be able to operate and uh, manage other brokers. And it, it went from that to uh, just wanting my own, my own agencies. And that's how it uh, became what it is today. We have big expansion plans, big, big projects in the works that I can't really talk about right now, but that's soon in a few more weeks. I'll be able to share with everybody. But anything that touches on real estate for me is a natural progression of where I want to go, where we're going. So new construction, property management, the mortgage, the financing side of things, everything really that you can think of is, is uh, intertwined with, with buying or selling or being in real estate. 
we have a or want a uh, a part of it. Yes, it's you. Uh, you know, you, I, for our listeners, Etienne uh, is it's actually you know quite impressive the the empire that he's built. But I'm curious. So you know, through these various different transitions, like you know, you make it sound very easy, and I think you're glossing over things. But those are not easy steps to take, right? Like from being a broker and like basically owning your own, you know, being an, a solopreneur, I guess is what they call it, to then scaling yeah. that into owning one agency and then multiple agencies. Like, what is that? What was that like for you? And how did you manage to do it? Like, are there some special mindset things? Like, what? Yeah, it's the secret. Well, I think it's like buying uh, or starting in in uh, and investing in real estate and buying one unit to realizing that. Anyways, this is was my realization. The bigger I get, the the better it is. Really, in the end, I think there's more stability in size than in smaller one units. If I compare to investing in real estate, but where I got the knowledge or is through just reading and 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 I read a lot, as you know. I think that that might also be why and and how we uh, connected. I don't remember now, but the reading of books about other people, what they've done, businesses primarily. I like to read biographies of uh, business owners or or people uh, that started great big businesses, the Bezos, the Jeffs, the Steve Jobs, the Howard Schultz, the Phil Knight of Nike. I really enjoy that and to see uh, how and what took place or what it took from them. And then uh, I kind of saw my personality myself with the obsessive kind of stuff that I do and determination, the, the discipline that's required. And yeah, it led to where I am today. I really enjoy what I do. You have to, because it's, it's more hard times and challenges than anything else. But I like to grow and develop my skills spiritually, financially, uh, I, my family, I have four boys or soon to have four boys, I should say, I, I don't want to jinx it. I like to grow everything, my knowledge and uh, my business and everything else. So that gives me like a couple of different questions. So how do you curate your reading list? I mean, how do you pick? I know, like, I'm always looking for new books to read. What's your method in terms of finding like, what to yeah. on to next? Well, it's becoming more challenging, the more you read. But uh, one thing is, uh, just if, if I have a problem, or something that I'm encountering, that I don't seem to be able to find an answer on how to solve it i will tend to look for those books that talk about the, the whatever i'm trying to pick that's beside the biographies biographies i'll pick any anyone that i fall upon if i'm listening to something and there's someone that i find interesting i'm going to go see if they have a book and biographies i will uh, pretty much read any any biography of anybody because there's so much that you that i get from those uh, biographies so that's pretty much how i uh, go about it and then as far as integrating that information, I know you mentioned yeah. discipline. How do you go from reading a particular solution and implementing it or reading a particular story and then pulling the information and then being like, okay, I'm going to now change what I do to whatever goal. That's a good question because it's, it's hard to do. It, it's scary. That's why it's hard to just go and get, uh, you know, change something that you think and believe that is the right way of doing it and then applying a, a completely different approach to it. But Usually when I get to that point, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't solve it and I, I'm still having the same results. So it's easier to take that leap. And the more you do it, the more you build confidence and why not try different things. And yes, many times I fail. I fail a lot, but you know, you, you, some things will stick and then when they stick, they, they end up being pretty good. So taking you up to the next level. <laughs> yes. That's the only way. Yeah. 
Let me ask you another question. So I guess in, you know, in your role as, you know, the director of the agency and, and, and somebody who's building a business with really like a lot of brokers working under your banner now, I imagine find yourself often in a kind of a coaching role where you help brokers to succeed. And perhaps you see two or three things that people make and, you know, like coaching brokers and coaching investors and and the fact of getting better at what you do. I think there's a universal process there, right? Like there's the specific thing you're working on and then there's the process of success. So can you give us maybe two or three of your, your tips or things that you see people, mistakes you see people yeah. make? I think, and this will apply, as you're saying, to any potential situation or anything, but the looking for the opportunity has to stay the time that you're dedicating to whatever it is, if it's investing, if it's working on your business. And I have this approach is that 80% of my energy towards the project or my job or my business or my investing will be on the growth or finding new opportunity. Meaning if I'm a real estate broker, finding, meeting new people, 80% of my day will be dedicated to that 20% only will be on the administrative or the customer service side of things, which if you stop and think about what I just said right now, we do not do that. Most of us, and I included before was the complete opposite, if not a hundred percent on the customer service side of things, or if you're an investor, you find that property and you overanalyze the hell out of it instead of focusing on finding more opportunities, because if you have more opportunities, if you spend more time looking at just get me the opportunities, even if I don't have all the, the information about them, it's going to be clearer and you're going to have better, obviously better opportunity. You're going to fall upon if you have eight, 10 properties that could be a versus you got one or two and you're trying to make sense of that one or two. So that's the biggest problem I see any, any business, any salesperson, any, anybody do is that when we find one opportunity or if we have one, we stop the looking for other ones and we start trying to just analyze or spend too much time on the admin or the customer service side of things. I think that's great advice. <laughs> do you, it's a hard one though. It's, it's, it's a hard one. one. Yeah, it's a hard one. Do you have another tip or should I lead you in a, another direction? Well, I got so many, but I, I, uh, I, I guess I'll let you <laughs> go yeah. down the road that you want to go. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's in, I don't know if you realize this, but about six months ago or eight months ago, we had a meeting in your office and you said something that really stuck with me and that I still like, kind of hear your voice in my head sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that must be annoying. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, it's a bit sobering. So you said, I think that people like to be busy. And yeah. very often they, you know, can get themselves into the habit of doing and not necessarily doing the right thing. So can you elaborate on that a little bit? Because it that really impacted me when you said it. Well, it goes back to a, a bit what I was saying before is that, you know, you, I was, I could and was busy just servicing, just going over emails, just organizing things. But those were the wrong things. I call them growth activities, whatever it is that's going to actually get you to grow or give you more opportunities or, or if you're in sales is meeting new people, putting yourself in front of more people, whatever those things are, I call them growth activities. And, and you want to prioritize that is what I go back to. But it's very easy to just get sidetracked with the customer service, the admin, the research, the, the organizing, the creating the lists, the trying to systematize this or that and because the feeling of being busy at the end of the day is is enough for for most to just feel like well i didn't get the result but hey i'm tired i worked hard all day and everything's 
you know, uh, it's moving along. But is it really if you're not focusing on those, what I call the growth activities, the passive stuff, I call the, the admin, the passive activity, those things, you do them, you don't do them. Uh, yes, there's, there could be repercussions, but it's not helping your top line of, of your whatever it is. And I'm trying to combine business investing, like, like the revenues is what we're trying to, for pretty much everybody here, trying to grow. So we got to prioritize what are the activities that are helping that top line grow and prioritize that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's where you want to be busy with those things and feel at the end of the day, well, I was really busy, but you were busy with the proper, if, if anybody needs help with that, please reach out. Like it's really specific about the industry, the business, the, but you can just think two seconds. What's the thing, the most important, that's going to get me to grow that line. And if it's not that, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's great advice. Now, every time I'm busy, Etienne, I swear I hear in your head and, and I find myself like, you know, doing those like little admin things. Yeah. Like, organizing my like my you know my, my paper clips or something and i'm like yeah no but i'm just being busy i'm just crossing things off the list but they're not actually taking me anywhere you know what mine is and i have i don't know why i got this issue with it it's the the quarantine box the spam box the email <laughs> i gotta go into that thing and clean it out i don't know why i like every time i go in and I'm, i start deleting i'm like why am i doing this <laughs> I can let that thing go to uh, 5 billion. Who cares? But I, I feel the need to just delete. And But look at how much wasted time that is when you think of it. Even my emails, uh, generally speaking, I now have someone that goes through them to just flag the ones that uh, that she believes that I should pay attention to. Now, I, I can hear people thinking and, and saying to themselves, well, that's crazy. What if a client writes it? And yes, I know they do. And some of them, they don't get answered or there's gonna be a few that are not gonna be perfect and but it saves me hours a day if you think of it well with the quantity that i get but for most people i'm sure it's still there was a study uh terry uh, that i read from uh, harvard uh, business that uh, most employees spend uh, six six hours something per day just in their inbox think of it it's, it's i'm not surprised i'm not surprised but how is that? I mean, for the vast majority of those emails, if, if you're like me, I mean, I get tons of email. It's all garbage and or I'm CC'd or BCC'd on 17 other emails that with 17 pages each that I, I sometimes start reading and I'm like, this has got nothing to do with me. Like, I don't need this information. You know what I mean? So that's that's a few examples right there of uh, being busy, but really not productive at all. Okay. <laughs> so Etienne, I want to go somewhere else and, and, uh, you know, pick up on something else, something else that, that happened in a conversation uh, that we had in your office a little while back. So you're very ambitious. And I remember you saying to me, you know, I want to, um, you know, influence real estate in Quebec. And yeah. my question is, what do you want to do? Yeah, like, now I've changed it to uh, any business, uh, small, medium businesses in in the in the world. Why keep it to just real estate? But sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah, no, but so tell me, what do you what what is your grain of salt that you want to put in the mix? What is it? You want? Yeah, I understand. You want the ambition. You want the to have the influence. But what is the impact you want to have? Well, you get to a certain point in your life. I think for me, it's okay. I've taken care of my personal needs very well and now it's time for it's this feeling of uh hey i wish someone would have reached out to me or offered me that kind of help which 
that's how I learned. And that's why it's through reading a book of someone that it helped me change certain things that I thought about business or generally speaking, it influenced where I'm at today. And I want to do the same. Like if you know you can and should, you have to do it. And that's that little voice for me that says, don't keep this to yourself. You've achieved a certain level of success. You got to help others with this. And for me in real estate, more specifically, brokers are self-employed. They're, they're small businesses really is what it is. So we're doing the same thing. I have to share this with uh, whoever I can. They take it. They don't take it. They apply it. They don't apply it. It's my duty and obligation to, to, to share. And that's where it comes from. But that voice, I mean, we know that voice. We have to listen What's to it. What's the message, Etienne? That's what I want you to tell me. Like, I, I know you've, you have this wealth of experience, right? But like, if you say, okay, you know, I want to have an impact or I want to like gift something to people, because I think you're absolutely right. I think that at a certain point, once you meet your own needs, right, be it, you know, materially, emotionally, then it becomes about looking outward and saying, okay, how can I influence the world in a positive way? But so what is that message for you? Well, I want to, I want to help them change their situation. I want people to, to change a lot of how they were programmed from a young age as to think about a lot of the different things that for me were the wrong things. I was focusing on the wrong things. I had this, the wrong way of looking at home ownership is a good one. You know, I own a house and I keep saying I have to sell this thing and go rent. Why am I paying? Cause I thought that it was an investment. It's not an investment. I'm wasting money. I should take all of this. I could live in a, in a house like I have and not own it. And I would be in a better position or it could help me with my other goals and objectives of investing in my businesses and or in, in real estate. Why am I doing this? And so small things like that. There's many, many, many things like that, that, that I just grew up with thinking this is the way you do it. And so I want to try to influence or share what I think and strongly believe in things that I've done that have changed my life completely, mm -hmm. completely. Like not that long ago, Terry, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I'm 36 years old. I'm 45, but at 36, I, I decided to get divorced, separate two small uh, kids. That was a big, big, big hard decision. But it's like as if I restarted my whole life not that long ago. And if you knew where I was just not that long and where I, well, you know where I am today, but it's such a thing that for most, they would think this is impossible, but I did it. And I'm not any better than anybody else. I'm not more intelligent or, uh, you know, it's, it's just those the, having that right information or, the, or information that's going to facilitate the achievement of whatever the goals are. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to share as much as possible with those that want. And I've been doing it. And it, I mean, it's, just, it's a fantastic feeling. I, I don't think there's anything better than that. that yeah, you know, I, think, Etienne, I think you're so spot on because... You know, like as we, uh, I guess, you know, those of us like come to a certain point in our career and then we think like, what can I do that will help other people on my path? And I think that this unpicking of those assumptions that we somehow grow up with that really don't serve us at all. I mean, that's, first of all, it's a lifetime enterprise. And secondly, if you look at every single one of those little things that you've unpicked and you look at, I unpicked this and poof, my life changed for the better in a huge way. And then I did the next one and poof and the next one and poof. And it's like, every time you find one of those things, like the ROI on that is just crazy. Yeah. I think you're right. I mean, again, I think it's our obligation to be visible, to be heard. And again, I'm not forcing this on anybody. I'm just saying, Hey, who, whoever wants to, this is what I have to say about it. And if I think if more people did that, and now with the, through social media and podcasts, and uh, it's a great way of, of reaching it. So we cannot 
stay in our comfort zone and say, well, I'm not going to do that because it makes me feel uncomfortable. No, I, I have to do this because I believe in it. And uh, yeah. so. Yeah. And if, I guess for the, for our listeners, so Etienne uh, and his colleague, uh, Jeff, have this very ambitious YouTube project where they actually are live every single day. What's your YouTube channel? I, that's a good question. <laughs> we're, we're not just on YouTube, though. We are on every platform okay. you can think of. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I guess it's my name. I'm not sure. It's it's Etienne Meller. If you Google E-T-I-E-N-N-E-M-E-L-L-O-R uh, dot whatever, or just that, you, you're going to see all the different accounts that we have. And we're, we're live every day, seven days a week. Yeah. yeah. Which, and, by uh, the way, I can't believe. I was on uh, Etienne's show uh, not long ago. <laughs> and when he and his partner told me that they were going live every single day, I was like, are you guys nuts? This is so much work. And Etienne it was is. like, oh, 10x 10x i'm like okay it's in 10x like it's gonna work for sure well, when you when you think of it i mean can you have too much of it like uh, 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 <laughs> do we have uh you know you drive down any street you see starbucks you see mcdonald's you see a uh, you see all these companies tim hortons there's one every five inch so uh, it's the same with uh, with your brand your visibility that uh, you need to be seen you need to be heard and and if you have something to say well why not and uh, i got a lot of say, a lot of things to say so i can go on uh, seven days a week <laughs> well we'll drop the links in the show notes uh, you'll provide Please. them for us and so just if we by uh, sort of we're getting you know to the last third of our interview um and so i wanted to just let our listeners really share or, or gain advantage from the information that you have so you know as the ceo of five real estate brokerages i mean you must you know through the data internally that you have the volume of transactions just your sense of the market yeah. at the moment i think a lot of us are you know asking ourselves questions we're trying to predict which way the wind is going to blow what do you see and what advice might you give to people who are still trying to invest in these uncertain moments yeah i think it's uh, it's a great time right now the the number of multiple offers has dropped drastically over the last few weeks and uh, i think as we go towards the middle of the summer it's gonna we're gonna be back to one offer and the prices are maintaining though i don't see because this is something i want to clarify from my again my perspective i'm not seeing any price drops I, there was an article in the gazette i forget who wrote it i don't know if it was an opinion or but they were saying that the prices are going to drop i don't believe that the prices are going to drop it's just the multiple offers and the overbidding is gonna it's gonna stop or has already started in many many different parts of uh, the greater montreal the volume is the same compared to last year the number of transaction is down by about 10 percent year to date so nothing drastic no price dropping the price dropping stuff, in my opinion, will be more Toronto, Vancouver, other other big cities in uh, Canada, but not Montreal. The numbers are still better than they were in 2018 and 2019, which were fantastic, fantastic years. You know, like 2020 and 2021 were just uh, winning the lottery years. But if we compare this year to 2019 and 18, we're still over those years. So no panic uh, everything uh, i think it's an opportunity in the sense that you're not going to be bidding with 1700 other people and you're you're going to have uh, uh, still a stable good vendors market but without those extreme number of uh, multiple offers mm -hmm. and so if i'm a seller right now and i need to get out of my single family home for example because i think there's like a lot of people 
I know I yeah. myself included too, you know, two years ago, I had a project, I started looking, okay, we're going to sell the house, we're going to like move up. And now, as I've watched the price differential go, I think a lot of people don't want to sell because they're afraid that they're not going to be able to find that property to move into. What, what when I when I need to sell now, what advice is should I even put my home on the market now? You know, that's a question uh, I, I, I've gotten quite a few times in the last two years. And I always go back to what's the need and why would you sell? If it's a question of making money, then no, don't don't sell. And it's probably not the best time unless you fell upon a fantastic opportunity. But if there's a need because your family's growing or you need to get closer to a school, a university, a work, you will find houses, you will not lose. And it's not going to be a, that hard of a process to go through with the right to support, the right person course as your broker or uh, but it's it's not uh, if if it's just uh, i want to sell because i want to take advantage of the market well you got to buy also which i don't know i wouldn't sell just to thinking oh I'm, I'm gonna liquidate unless you go into a rental maybe maybe that's that's an, an option mm -hmm. do you have any specific advice for someone who finds themselves in the position to put their property on the market now and is maybe nervous the advice, maybe not in the sense of, but I want to give you some statistics. If you look at the inventory level, even though we talk about there's low inventory, there's low inventory, you still have 4,000 some listings. And last time I checked, I, I believe it was uh, a month, two months ago. In, I have to forget the area, but the, the low, the comparison would be from four and we were at the 3,500. So it's not as if there's when when brokers or articles or newspapers or the media says there's no inventory, it's not there's no inventory. There's just less than there used to be, mm -hmm. which puts a bit of pressure on on the buying. If you absolutely want a specific specific area, then yeah, maybe that's going to be tricky. If you're saying I want between these two streets, well, that could be challenging. But if you're well, I, I don't mind between uh, NDG, uh, uh, Code Saint-Luc, like west of the Cary, Ville Saint-Pierre. Like there's, there's enough to find and you shouldn't worry about finding a place. Mm -hmm. uh, so the advice is don't wait. Don't, don't, don't think there's nothing. First, do the research. Find yourself someone that can help you just to put together a, an action plan and say, look, this is all the inventory that's out there. Let's look at a few properties through the system what's available is look at how many options we have and then start the process of putting your home on the market and, and getting the ball going mm -hmm. it's again like the media always do uh, they always over exaggerate pretty much everything just to, to be more sensational just to to get the views and yeah, no, I mean, we definitely see that in, uh, you know, data around uh, la crise du logement. Like, I think we had the opportunity to talk about this a little bit in our interview before, but like, basically, there's a 4% vacancy rate in Montreal right now. So there's no crise de logement specifically. There's a problem with affordable housing, but there's enough rental stock on the market. It's just that it's not correctly priced for the people who need it. But that's another yeah. topic. Maybe just as a last question. So I know like, uh, you know, most of the brokers that you work with probably do uh, single family home transactions, but do you have any kind of insight or window onto what's going on in the investment market? Because for example, in investments with the calculations that we do, the interest rates really make a huge, huge difference in yeah. terms of the profitability of buildings. And so like, I know for us in our community, like we're now facing this situation where like stuff that made sense at 3% interest at four and a half doesn't make sense anymore. So would you, maybe what do you see? And would you have any advice for, for investors? I think that the sellers though are going to have to adjust also. I think there's a lot of sellers that are just not realistic at all. So 
the numbers don't make sense based on what they want. But again, if there's a shortage, if there's not as many people jumping in, in uh, wanting or bidding or making offers, the sellers will have to be more realistic. And we, we see on the residential side, we're going to for sure see it on the uh, multi-family uh, side. As the rates go up, people will be more scared to go into the investing and into the buying because the rates are higher. It's again, all a, it's all a perception because there's not that, that high. Like, Again, if you compare it to the low rates of last year and the year before, which were at zero, you know, pretty much technically speaking, it was flat and now we're at three. I have a mortgage cabinet and I was talking to one of my uh, commercial mortgage brokers who I will have on the show today, on my show, uh, Carlos Lafayette. And it's, it's still in the, I don't think that it's going to affect again that much. I think it affects those that think that they're going to pay the price that's listed or the price that's being asked. But these things are negotiable. You just have to know your numbers very well, which I would say is one of the biggest challenges or problems with uh, those, those most buyers is just they don't understand the numbers correctly. Mm-hmm. For the savvy investors, yes. But for those that are entering or they're in their, their beginning uh, stages of investing, understanding what each of these numbers mean is, is critical. Yeah. So one book a day. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. it's, uh, it's through the doing of buying uh, these properties and that, that you gain the experience. You, of, of all people, would sure agree with this. As, as by you do, you do a lot. That's how you become better at it. You can read all kinds of books, too, pertaining to investing and managing and all that. If you don't do it ever, you're still going to have the, the, maybe the wrong <laughs> thinking on how it's going to actually take place. Yeah, no, and it's, and I think you'll probably you know agree with me on this is, you learn way more from the times that you end up in hot water than when things go smoothly. So that's why the hair's gone. And that's why there's so much gray. It's through these forced stressful events that you find a solution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you so much for taking this time to chat with me today. It was as always a pleasure insightful. You're so <laughs> professional and you're uh, in your way of running your show. I, I really enjoyed it. And so if people want to reach out to you, they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? We're going to give you, uh, I guess we're going to send you all the links. We're going to have all the info down, but just my name, Google, uh, my, my name, Etienne Meller or uh, Meller Group, anything that has Meller in it. And we have a bunch of our contact info everywhere. Okay. Well, Etienne, thanks so much. And well, thank uh, you. Catch you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.